Moto Spot Show. What's up, everybody? We are back. Episode 37. Yeah, we're excited. 37 episodes down. Daytona is down. We are starting off the East Coast racing pretty strongly. It's been some really good racing, some unfortunate situations, and just unfortunately, we've got guys that are starting to fall fall off the radar, but unfortunately, not unfortunately, but fortunately for us, we still have a lot of good racing to go. There's still a lot, a lot of rounds left. Um, we have a guest on tonight that has one of the fastest riders on the 250 East. We will get to him soon, but before we get to that, I want to give a huge shout out to our sponsors, Spotnik network tv please check those guys out fastest growing app you can get all of our episodes stream a bunch of cool content on the spot network app so please go download that check it out they do a lot of cool stuff with uh, the whiskey throttle show as well so please go give them a follow also a huge shout out to bell ray works connection scott goggles and uh chirpies usa so thank you to those guys the Guess we on tonight, we have to on tonight. He actually uses works. His rider uses works connection, and got some good hole shots this last weekend at Daytona. And also, he might have won Daytona. I don't want to give it away, but he might have won. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. So before we get to him, please, if you have any recommendations, feedback, anything, please hit us up at Moto Spot Show. I'm your guest Triple J, and again, this is episode 37. But tonight's not about me. It's about our guest. He's another guy that's on that's traveled the country. He's had to move to have his career and he's just been grinding it out. He's uh, the better mechanic on the Honda team. We've also had some other guys on here, but this is, you know, actually Tommy, him and Tommy are close. That other, that cam guy, he's okay. But this guy, Christian, he's been doing a long time and I'm excited to get him on. So thank you, Christian. Thank you. Welcome to the show. I appreciate you making the time. How are you? Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. Of course. Of course. So, like I said, uh, you and Tommy, it's a close race, but you know, Cam, we know he's like, he's off the podium. He's off the box. He's, you know, oh, ham, man. ham, you ham and egg dirty like that. Ham and egg, dude. No, I can't. I can't. <laughs> without him, without him, you wouldn't even be here today. So I got to give a huge man. shout out to Cam. He's, he made it possible. He, uh, he got us in the group chat and sent some weird photos to, to break the ice. So, um, <laughs> but hey, yeah. there's nothing like a little awkward photo to break the ice. No, dude. So I can't thank him enough for, uh, <laughs> for make, making this happen and getting you on. And it's been, uh, this, this, this podcast is kind of just slowly getting off the ground and to have you on and then have him on and Tommy on like, man, we've, uh, we've been lucky. We've had some great guests. And I talked to also talked to Kayla, who is, um, in charge of all you guys, she she makes she keeps all you guys in check, and she's she uh said she's willing to come on too. So just going down the Honda team list, dude. Just checking you on, checking you guys off one at a time. Checking them off one by one. Yeah, Dude's got the coolest story. <laughs> yeah. So, but dude, like it's uh it's crazy. You're another guy um that had to move across country to follow his dreams. It seems like everybody we've had on is just had to do something or sacrifice something to get where they are, and like that's kind of the biggest reason why I started this this podcast is to kind of show people like, Hey, like these guys don't just get it because they know people or whatever. Like it's, it's a lot of grind and you're another guy, you know, I believe you're from Vermont now living in, yeah. in, I would imagine you're in Florida, probably or California. One of the two you're in California. Cause you, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're in California. In, yeah. In, in California. Yeah. Cause Torrance, I forgot. Um, so yeah. So again, you know, what the heck, like how to, how does a Vermont boy, I ask the same question every week, but it's just, everybody has a cool story. So I have to ask, you know, how did you end up where you are in uh, California? Well, I mean, I was pretty realistic with myself and the whole racing thing. I realized it was not in the cards. Yeah, so it's funny. That's I you're probably find... the fourth guy that said that. <laughs> like, so. It just it wasn't it. Like it was wasn't even close. Yeah. So I like, had it's to, not happening. You know. 
yeah, like not a chance. So just kind of figured out, you know, the next best thing to do would kind of still be around it, but I guess working on it wouldn't be too bad and, you know, still being around it and having some impact on a rider's success and, you know, every, every race you win or podium you get or championship you get, I mean, you know, you feel, you feel into it almost as much as rider do. Cause on your side of it, you know, you still, you're still into it. You know, you're into the racing, yeah. you're into it. So yeah, your passion like, Man, I guess, yeah. yeah, your passion for it. So I figured if I can't race them, I guess I'll work on them. And, you know, I was probably 16, I think, I think I was about 16 when I kind of realized what I wanted to, all right, I need to try to figure out how to like, how to get into it. You know, yeah. that's the hardest part. Like after being in the industry, it's like realizing the hardest part of getting in is like just knowing how to, who to talk to. Cause to me, it's all about connections, right? The people, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. like you don't just walk off the street into Honda or pro circuit or anyone like that and be like, yeah, I want to, I, I want to be a mechanic. Uh, I know nothing, but I want to be yeah. here. Put me in <laughs> like, coach. Not gonna hire you. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, like you, you gotta know someone and you know, someone's gotta take a chance on you. And you know, I ended up, my parents kind of left it on me to figure out because obviously they didn't know anything about the sport or anything like that. So they're like, whatever you want to try to find to get into it, to find a way to get into a team or through either some kind of school or this or that to, you know, to try to achieve your dreams, go for it. Yeah. So, I mean, that was, that was my thing. And I ended up finding a, um, a school. West Virginia, that old mechanic started up, uh, Scotty Atkins. And, uh, okay. honestly, that, that's, that's how I got my way in. Um, I did this program and then leaving there, I went and worked for Mumford as a practice guy for a while. And we was on one fifties. So okay. this, this, this little, this little Vermont boy moved to West Virginia and then we moved to California. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, it's funny, Scotty Atkins, you mentioned that we had Maddie G on last weekend or last week. And he said same thing. Yep. Um, did you by chance know Maddie over at um, Scotty's? No, or did you guys went, meet at Geico? He went. Uh, we met at Geico. Um, okay. I think he went to Scotty's two years after me. Okay. So I think it's two years. Gotcha. So yeah, he ended up um, getting the job for Carson as I think it was sometime whatever when he was on two fifties practice guy and uh, yep. yeah, it's the same thing. You know, he left the school and got a job as person practice guy so it's kind of cool you know just seeing seeing the guys that actually went there and it's it's actually paying off you know it's like money well spent right because i mean it's it's kind of tough to you know to go anywhere else and to get kind of groomed to go into racing you know yeah because there's not many people that have a kind of program or school that does that yeah it's uh you both you guys said scotty's program and then tommy said he did the mmi thing so there's some avenues yeah um i feel like uh yeah yeah there's some avenues yeah. The MMI, it's tough because you have to also still know, know people in the industry right. to get in. And then, you you know, you're still more, more geared towards, um, like dealers. I mean, like you have, you definitely have your general knowledge of how everything works, but it's, it's how to race prep all your stuff and how to do all the stuff that dealers don't do that, you know, us race, race teams do and race mechanics do to these motorcycles each and every week that, you know, that you just wouldn't learn in a dealer, you know? Yeah. It's just a different style. It's like, it's just like racing, you know, there's, there's supercross motocross and there's GNCC. They're both great, oh, yeah. great it's avenues, all, yeah. but they're just totally different, different disciplines. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, um, 
Speaking of Hunter Yoder, he he unfortunately, you know, with the Geico closing down, um, didn't get to have the success story that he was hoping for. He's still racing yep. and still doing it, but that 150, man, that thing was one of a kind. I can't imagine what that yeah, thing was that, like. There was some cool <laughs> stuff on that bike. That thing, uh, yeah, I thought <laughs> that bike was going to be the end of me, man. Yeah, but I know you still was, work for Honda, so you have to be careful what you say, but... <laughs> Well, I mean, it, it was it, that that bike went beyond anything Honda did. Like yeah. you know, that was a Frankenstein bike. But I mean, it was it was as much of a pain in the butt. It was it was. I was honestly, I'm, I'm glad I, I went down that route, and I, you know, I I, I was able to work with it because there's so much stuff I learned just from working on that one-off motorcycle. Because I had to do, you know, like I built all the engines for it, you mm-hmm. know, and I did all the all the chassis stuff for it. Like I ran. The whole 150 program at Geico, you know, we had the R and D guy Kibby who was, you know, he did the mapping and the, you know, came up with the specs for it and stuff. But like, okay. FC did the suspension and like all the scheduling and the, you know, getting everything done. Like that, that was just me. <laughs> okay. You know, it was, and plus I was like 19 years old at the time, so it was like it was a lot to like come in and just kind of get that okay. put on your yeah, plate yeah, you know, like say, wow you go. good luck <laughs> sink or swim yeah like, it was sink or swim for sure so i mean it was definitely doing that i think escalated my knowledge a lot in a short amount of time because right. the amount of stuff i was able to, to dabble with and learn and and do in, a, in like two years time was was oh, unreal yeah that bike was i remember when mumford rode it and it had like wp forks like when it first came out and then it slowly transitioned and got better and better. And it was, that thing sounded like a straight 2VDF. Like it was pretty gnarly. I remember that, seeing that it thing was everyone that like would, would like ride, you know, say like guys on 250s or whatever, like going to Helen when they're riding on Tuesday or Thursdays or whatever. They, uh, it'd be like, I saw like a 450 was coming up behind me and it'd be like Carson or Yoder at the time, whoever, you know, Carson was even when he was on it or Yoder when he was on it. Yeah. Like everyone would be tripping. They're like, no, it's just a little kid on 150 blowing by me. <laughs> Dude, that thing sounds I, so I will. I forever have a scar on my shin from that 150 kicking me back. You know, that, that had a lot of compression on it. Short right. Kickstarter and that thing had a lot of compression to kick over. And yeah, I got, I got a good one one time. I got a good shinner and good three-inch gash blew open. So I'll forever have a memory of the 150. It left its mark on you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it, left, it left its mark. It almost broke me. I I wouldn't doubt it. Like that thing's that thing was probably it's like the old O two two fifty F. God, those things. It were was like gnarly. Like seeing that thing go was like you know it was you know when it was finally retired like a love hate relationship. You're like, yeah, done work on this thing. I'm over it. And then you're like, ah oh, man, it's still pretty cool though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's just one of those machines that's like kind of one off. It. Uh, I don't know if we'll ever see it come back again. I doubt it. But um, where's yeah. that thing even at now? Does. Uh, does go- uh, What's his name? Does Mark still have four. it? Um, no, Ziggy got one. Okay. And then I believe uh, Mike Grondel got one. And that's then, not Mark. Sorry, Mike uh, Grondel. That's who I meant. That's, that's what I meant. Uh, Carson got one, and then Yoder got one. Oh, that's cool. So when when everything was going down, I had two originally built, um, two of the race bikes that were built and ready for uh, one of the – one of the last races and uh yeah, i just i got them all cleaned back up looking all ready and you know show bikes they sat at geico until they folded and then um they i ended up and when the team was 
you know, we were shutting everything down. I think it was the last year I ended up getting two more done. Okay. So I, I found, I just pieced together two more practice bikes and got them all done up and sent out for, for, for those guys to have, you know, pretty cool being the only two guys to ever ride that thing, you know, a one-off bike you'll never get again. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It's a little bit of history that for fans that are hardcore fans, it's kind of something that you look at and say it's kind of, you know, they're really the only two guys that kind of put that thing on the map. You know, Honda still sells them, yeah. but at a race yep. level, there's not a whole lot of guys that race them, if any. Um, so they kind of that sit- to, compared to the stock one to that one. Yeah, there was nothing, to, nothing to like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there was probably the only thing that was man that they were production on that bike was probably the frame, plastics too. Yeah, plastics. <laughs> yeah, so for- yeah, everything else, <laughs> Frankenstein, baby, Frankenstein, yeah, one of a kind. That's pretty cool. So uh, Yoder had some good success, and kind of talk a little bit about that. Did you travel a lot with the family? Did you fly in or like, what was that kind of beginning? Like for you, like you said, the 150 almost, almost broke you. But as far as Yo- working with Yoder and doing all that, what was that like? Was that something that kind of opened your eyes? Like, man, this is a lot. Like this isn't just working on bikes. Um, yeah. Cause I mean that first, you know, like after Mumford, uh, she fall of 2017, Carson was, going to move up after monster cup 250s and but he ended up having a crash like the week before and breaking his collarbone and uh yoder signed that fall in october and the team asked me to to like i just was kind of seeing a little bit of like oh, I'm, I'm gonna move up to 250 to be a practice guy you know blah, blah blah or whatever and then um the team actually asked me to stay back and keep doing the 150 okay it just kind of made the most sense with you know i was the only one in the building that really had worked on it and so they're like just keep doing it whatever so i i agreed and you know yoder came on and yeah i mean he was young kid great kid great family and you know, we all got along and it was we obviously had to go through a period where you know carson was my only rider for a, you know a year and a half or whatever yeah i think it was a year and a half i worked with him and uh yeah i went from went from that you know you, you get to know that kid so much and then all of a sudden you you stop and you go to someone else and you're like uh yeah, it's you know you got to you got to build that relationship back up, restart, and then. Mm-hmm. But still, I mean, it, it, he was a great kid. You know, Hunter's a great kid. His family they were always great, and we never had, never never had issues. You know, he always wrote his ass off. So. Yeah, I always appreciate that about someone. Yeah, it just makes it to where you putting in the hours makes it all worth it when you see someone you know giving their all too because. Oh yeah, like, for sure. It like helps talked, a lot. Yeah, we've talked on this show multiple times. It's not a normal eight to five job being a mechanic. So it's uh, when you see your rider putting in the effort, it makes it kind of worth it, or all worth it, I should say. Oh, it does. It does all day. Yeah. So Geico's getting ready to tell you to shut shut down. It's you, Cam, Maddie G, um, Jacob. Now that's at he's at FC suspension, but uh, there's a couple guys. You guys all kind of you know become friends and and have to find new jobs did you all did you guys all kind of come together and go to dinner and say what do we do or was it kind of every man for himself and hope for the best type of deal uh i don't know i mean it's tough right because usually you know five or six guys you know mechanics at least you know we can't all like go get the same job you know right so i mean like obviously you know, it's people you'd love to work with and you hate to, you hate to split them up. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I'm glad things worked out and I, we were able to bring Cam over here 
but I mean, when Geico shut down, I kind of, uh, I, I already had an offer at Honda to come oh, nice. to get. Okay. So I was never, luckily it came on the good basis of things. And I didn't really lose a whole lot of sleep. Yeah. Which, I mean, I'm not like everyone else that had to struggle, you know, that's, that's shit, you know, and when, uh, actually the hunter's mechanic at the time, he didn't take the Honda job. So actually our old manager, Josh, he, I couldn't get a hold of Cam. He was down in the shop working and we were still at Geico working. And, uh, he called me. He's like, where's Cam? I was like, uh, he's down there working. Why? He's like, Cam answer his phone now. So he went down there and that's when Cam got the call for the job. So that was, oh, cool. you know, Cam, Cam had a pretty tough couple of weeks, like trying to find what he wanted to do, throwing resumes and this and that. And it's like just seeing what all those other guys went through. It just takes a lot out of you to like, you know, come out on the graces of things to not have to battle with everyone else for the job at the time. Like I right. just, just, just beyond grateful to be in that position to, to how it came out, you know, like yeah. I, well, I'll never take it for granted seeing the team like Geico shut down with, you know, all the great mechanics and staff that were on there that some of them were left jobless and you're like sitting there like, wow, you know, it really puts things in perspective as to how small everything is, you know? Yeah, it's like one of those things where you just never know, right? Like, I think everybody that wasn't in it, even people that were in the industry kind of were shocked by it or were really shocked by it. It's like you just never know because everybody thought that was one of the premier teams, you know. They were winning championships and everything was going good, and then, bam, um, they're gone. Yeah. So it's kind of well, kind of like, kinda, like you just said, eye-opening. Yeah, it was definitely eye-opening. But. For you, for Cam, luckily you guys got some really good riders, really good bikes. And uh, Josh is still there too, right? Like he was the team manager or the motor guy. One of the he was, he, Josh was a crew chief. Yeah. Um, last year, uh, he moved on to Gas Cast for, okay. for 2022. Gotcha. Okay. Um, but yeah, there was, uh, let's see. There was like a motor guy that there, went to Geico, wasn't there? There was six of us. Yeah. Uh, Ryan. Cox, he went with us, and then our engine builder Mick, he went with us. But um, yeah, there was I think it was five or six people. There was six people that that moved from Geico to, to Honda. Okay, sweet. To, to yeah. Factory Honda. Okay. So, so I went from twenty people down to six. Yeah. You know that, that that we worked with. But yeah, no, it's it's tough, like you said. But like, unfortunately, the. the the shows must go on and you gotta you gotta just adapt and go with it. So you get you get jet, you're you're getting ready to start a new career. Technically same same team, but now you're it's more corporate, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um yep. you're getting ready to, to go into the a new season. What was your like expectations and stuff for you? Like you, I assume you kinda already knew Jet since you already had an offer, but were you still kinda like a little nervous, didn't know what to expect since you were going now to factory Honda, you had to go to Torrance now. Like, what was that whole transition like? I mean, the, the transition, you know, it's no matter what you you do, it's going to be hectic, right? Especially yeah. in racing, when you're when you're moving things and uh, beginning of November, and you know, racing is the second week of January, and you're like, all right, we're, yeah. we're pretty far behind the eight ball this year. Like, we got a lot to do. But I mean, at at that point, you know, you got to put everything personal side no matter what your feelings are towards the teams or this or that or how you got to adapt i mean end of the day you got to look out for 
the athlete that needs to go racing. So, I mean, you, yeah. you just make it happen. Totally. I mean, there were definitely some stressful days. Luckily, we were still in the same model. We didn't have a new year model. So we had a lot of extra parts and honestly, yeah. a lot of parts and just accessories and anything we needed to build motorcycles. Like we, we had, so building race bikes and stuff going into the 2021 season was honestly pretty low stress Yeah, for the situation that we had, you know, between moving everything into, you know, down to Torrance to Honda and adapting to that shop and trying to, you know, find places to put all of our, our parts and our, our personal tools, set up our work areas, get used to how everything is down there. You know, it, 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 it takes time to you know, try to get used to it, you know, because yeah. you know, when you're in the same place for five years and then you up and move, <laughs> you know, it's you tough. just got to yeah. rely on your instincts of the motorcycle and what you know, and then you just got to adapt as you go, you know, every spare hour you get, and then, okay, I'm going to set up my area a little, little better this time or this or that, you know. Yeah, so, like you said. It was, it was definitely a, a hectic fall. That was, yeah, that was yeah. hectic. Yeah, like you said, though, there's a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. You know, like you said, there's the the parts for the most part when you were when that bike, the new bike, didn't come out till 22 or I believe 21, whatever it was. So you had a couple years left on the old bike. So that that at least made your lives a little bit easier. Like if you would have done all that and got onto a brand new model, oh, and COVID, oh the god, I couldn't imagine. Oh man, that would have yeah. it was like if we got the new model like we did this year, but we got it last fall. Yeah, man, that would have been one hell of a season. Yeah. <laughs> like you guys, you know, scrambling. just just uh, yeah, so far behind the eight ball of you know everything you know between outdoors ending so late like it did in 2020, and then you know having a short off season, and then you know moving everything and getting resituated, and oh man, uh, that 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 would have been a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, that, that was that was the, the good thing we were glad about was at least we don't have a new model year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so 2021. Successful year, I would say. Supercross didn't really go as planned, but for the most part, outdoors went as planned. <laughs> um, but Supercross, man, he was ripping. I told a lot of people when I first got to watch him ride in person at Indy Supercross, the patience and the maturity that Jet has is is very eye opening um, at his age. But mm-hmm. does he does he look back on Supercross and and say? I was a little over the top or does he like just say those were just stupid mistakes? Cause I mean, he's starting to prove he's already learned from it this year, but at the yep. end of Supercross in 21, was he bummed at all? Or was he just like, Hey, this is a learning year for me. Um, I mean, definitely, um, well, both, okay. you know, obviously, you know, it's kind of like, like, like indie, you know, like what could have been, you know, if, you know, indie two last year when, we uh, when he crashed out, yeah, and he crashed in practice and crashed again in the heat. And then we didn't race that night. You know, that was just again, you know, still a seventeen-year-old kid. You know, that was out there running and trying to show the world what he's got. You know, and then mm-hmm. I think now, like after that, you know, the end of the last, you know, the last season, um, the last two rounds, you know, we saw a different jet. You know, he like he adapts and learns. Like, okay, I was way too impatient. I wanted to go be the fastest guy in practice and it, it bit him. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, well you don't need to set the world on fire just to, you know, show everyone that you got it. You know, it's just it's patience, yep. patience in your riding. And that was a big thing. He, 
he took from last year and applied it into this year. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, I mean, for, for for the weird incidents, incidences that he had, I mean, he still finished third in the championship. So, I mean, he can't be yeah. too bumped on that. So, But then we go into outdoors. Confidence is high. And we saw what he did. He wins the championship. You, the team, everybody just got to be like, this This was what we worked our asses off. But at the same time, there's got to be a little bit of like release, right? Because like you just said, all that Geico, all that all that stuff, right? All of that quote-unquote drama, whatever. And then to come out and win an outdoor championship, it's it's almost like a, a fresh air for you guys, I would imagine. Oh, man, that was – it felt like a 1,000 pounds lift off your shoulders. Yeah. You know, just the like the no break going straight from outdoors in 2020, straight to move into straight to Supercross, you know, do that whole series. The series was, you know, you're gone for 13, 14 days, you know, at these stadiums for three yeah. rounds, you know, and then, you know, you're not home, you're this and that. And then your Supercross was gnarly, you know, had had a few race wins, so that was awesome, you know, and then outdoor starts and it just starts good. And Hangtown, I think it was, it was just, after the race, after the title got locked up, and it was, I think we all just felt so much just relief, you know, so much happiness and so much just, you know, a bunch of emotions, you know, that you just, just, it's it's a lot, you know. It was like a whole year's worth of stuff just unloaded in, you know, eight hours, you know. Right. Yeah, it's just like almost like a, almost like a new beginning in in a sense. It's just like, oh, like it's over. <laughs> well, I mean, it's like it's but it's it's seeing that light at the end of the tunnel and finally reaching the end of the tunnel. You know, like like yeah. just that whole thing. Like, oh man, wow, we did it. <laughs> yeah, we collectively, everyone as a group, we did it. Yeah, like it's 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 now solidifies like, hey, like we're a threat. You know what I mean? Like, there's talks with Geico and whatever, but it's it's still it's it's Honda, right? It's one of the best motorcycles yep. in the world, and you guys are not going racing just for fun. You're going to be a threat and to kind of get a title quote unquote, be a new team to get a title in, in the first year and a half. Like that's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, that was awesome to see for Honda and everyone involved. Honestly, it just, yeah. it was, it's just, just awesome. You know, that that's what the ultimate goal is, right? Yeah. Every season you enter, yeah. you should try to get one of those coveted titles. Yeah, you get one of those eleven by eleven plaques or ten by ten plaques, whatever they are, to put on the door. You stare at it every day. (laughs) So, what was it like for you seeing the Geico parts, having a Frankenstein one hundred and fifty, and then going to factory HRC Honda? Again, technically it was the same team, but it's not now. It's truly factory Honda. There's no third party, you know, sponsor like Geico. It's this is a true HRC bike. There's got to be some cool parts that you just geek out over. I would imagine that you didn't have access to when you guys were at Geico. Yeah, there, there definitely is now. You know, it's uh, definitely a much closer um, working partnership with Japan. Right. Versus before, you know, we got like a little bit of help from them and we got like, you know, some of the cool works parts and this and that. But like now it's, you know, if, if you want something, you know, they can like, like we can get it for sure now mm-hmm. instead of like, ah, uh, we'll see. Right. You know, but it's like, like the stuff we can get now, like, yeah, it's, it's like, there's definitely a lot of parts that are pretty, pretty slick and really cool to look at, you know, and, and the functionality of them is just top notch. Yeah. That's what Cam was kind of saying too. I kind of asked Cam the same thing. It's just 
like the, just the differences in wiring harnesses and all that stuff. It's it's pretty crazy to think what some of these bikes, all the data. Like I would love to see the data. Like just after these guys come off a supercross track and to see all that, be would be really mm-hmm. neat because I don't understand any of it, but it would still be cool to see. <laughs> you want to look at the squiggly lines on the computer? <laughs> yeah, I just, <laughs> just want to know how that how how the heck you guys are able to notice all that information, like. MotoGP makes a little bit more sense because there's so many knobs and controls and clusters on the motorcycle, but there's not mm-hmm. a whole lot on the dirt bike be- between a kill switch and a, uh, a start button. You know, there's there's some guys that have launch control buttons on their handlebars, but for the most part, yeah. it's pretty naked up there. So it's just yeah. crazy how much data you guys can get. So, well, but a lot of the data we look at, it's more like the actual running functionality of the motorcycle, making okay. sure everything is running to what it can be yeah. to make sure there's no ongoing problems with anything. There's no, nothing wrong with the volts the bike's producing. There's nothing, anything crazy, you know, right. nothing out of the ordinary, but obviously there's data we can put on there to, to help with everything like rear wheel speed, clutch sensors to see, you know, how the clutch releases on the starts and how much the clutch is used throughout the track. And then there's just like suspension data we can use and, you know, oil temp, you can just, you know, stop, harness and stuff it's only compatible with you know the the, the coolant temp so to actually put in little temp sensors for the oil to see what the oil is actually getting to during the race and yeah, there, there, there's a lot of different cool little trinkets you can put on there to get more information out of the motorcycle to help broaden our knowledge and show us more things that could go wrong or things yeah. we can prevent or just how good we have the package you know there's many many different aspects that the data can prove and help you out with yeah it's uh it's one of those things where i think the bikes come a long way you know a couple years ago they they would say the honda was underpowered compared to the yamahas but now i feel like you guys are you know right there with them um if not if not a little bit better but they've been on the same chassis i would say for you know i think three years now or four years so you guys are on the new chassis this year or last year i can't remember this year. Uh, this year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you guys are still learning that chassis and getting all that data. So to have the success that you are, you know, Jet's having it, Hunter had it, you know, it's, it's good. It's, it's cool to see, mm-hmm. to, to be competitive. Cause you know, Yamaha has got so many riders and you guys only have two. So to be able to compete, you know, and even the gas gas is getting really good too. So it's cool to see all these brands be competitive and not just one brand really sticking out. Yeah, it's always nice to see different faces on the podium, different bikes and different teams. Like it's, yeah, you know, when you see the same faces every week, like obviously it's it's good because you know the, those guys are on their game and they're killing it. But it's it's also cool to see fresh faces up there to see other teams that are, you know, putting just as much work and improving and you know that and they're providing good motorcycle for their riders too. You know, because at the end of the day, you know, we, we can't afford any of these teams to like go away. You know, <laughs> we need them all. Right. Right industry is already so small you know we need to keep growing yeah yeah and i think that's why the the talk of outside sponsors is always coming up it's always you know people are always thinking of trying to figure out ways to get outside sponsors but that's for a whole nother show that's you can talk hours on how to get more sponsors but yeah no no kidding that's <laughs> above my pay grade yeah me too <laughs> uh, but for jet you talk about the data and all that. How How is he as a test rider? You know, again, we talk about his age, but the dude seems really mature for his age and, and very specific on kind of what he wants. Yeah, I honestly, the past two years, he's grown a lot in that aspect. 
Yeah. To where, you know, at first it was just kind of riding whatever his brother's riding, you know, suspension wise, setting wise, just, eh, it's okay. But now, you know, honestly, the last, the last year was really a big turning point, you okay. know, just actually knowing what he wants and knowing what he's looking for and knowing what the motorcycle is doing and just being more in tune, you know, totally. which I mean, yeah. all that stuff, all the stuff comes with more experience and, you know, the older you get and all that kind of stuff. It, the fact that he's being really receptive, receptive to everything and just, just on it, you know, like you yeah. can do a change and he can tell you, you know, where he felt it better. That's so cool. that's, that's always a nice, nice thing to, to see. It's tough testing with people that, you know, riders that don't quite know what they want or don't really know what, the change affected because then you're kind of are running in a circle, you know, right to where, you know, the end, end of the day we can change everything we want, but the writer's got to tell us at the end of the day, if it's better or worse, you know, and in what areas, because yeah. you know, we're fully relying on them to, to tell us. Yeah. A lot of these guys can, you know, can feel a change off a bolt, you know, if it's a swing arm bolt or a axle or whatever it could be. There are some guys that notice that stuff in the rigidity and, and whatnot and the flex. So it's, it's crazy on, how much some of these like not all of them but it's crazy how some riders can notice a big difference in, in little parts yeah it is it's some more than others but yeah, yeah it is it is pretty interesting just to see different torque values different bolt material all that different clamp material all that has different you know play and everything yeah the feel the flex yeah i was i was really surprised and i don't want to talk about it a lot but i was just surprised that to see uh chase go to X Triggs this year and, and Supercross. Like I was like, you know, nobody's ever done that at HRC, gone all the way from HRC clamps. So it's kind of cool that they're letting you guys test some different things. Again, I know he's on a 450 and I don't want to talk about it really, but I just thought that was cool that you guys are allowed to kind of broaden your horizons and, and kind of get whatever's best for the riders. Because, you know, we, we hear about teams, how they give the rider this, this, and this option, and that's all you get. You know what I mean? It's kind of figure it out. Yeah. But it seems like at Honda – like you said earlier with it being HRC, they're, they're kind of just like, Hey, whatever you need to, to go get us a championship, make it happen. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, they, they pay us money for the racing side of it, you know, to, to, to go get race wins and hopefully championships, you know, that's the ultimate goal. So you got to try to do whatever you can to achieve those goals, you know, for the whole team, the whole brand, everyone, you know, yeah, for the riders. Yeah. I want to try to give them all, all the tools they need to succeed. Totally. And that's what I think that's what every team should do. I, I get it. It's tough. You know, there's the resources and whatnot are different, but I feel like if you're fighting for a championship, if, if that guy wants, you know, something on his seat, you know, put it on his seat. It's like whatever he wants, do whatever the rider wants to be comfortable. So I, uh, yeah, sure. I, I think that's cool, but we're, we're in December, a one getting excited. Homie goes over the bars, breaks some stuff. What, what, what are you guys thinking? Like what, what was running through your guys' heads when that happened? Well, I mean, on 250s when that happens, the only thing really runs through your mind is, well, it's East Coast. Yeah. No. You know, it was one of those things where, you know, we didn't think it was fully broken. So, you know, just took a couple of days off and I can ride and then tried riding and just too much sharp pain, you know, going through his chest and through the ribs. So you're like, yeah, okay, obviously something's going on obviously you yeah you, you can't ride through that you know yeah it's an ache or a little sore you can muscle through it but it feels like you're getting stabbed when you're riding i mean your your body's natural reaction is to tense up you know and so you can't 
you can't really fight that. So that was the smartest decision, you know, and, you know, so thankfully enough, it wasn't worse. And you know, we were able to line up for East coast and be good, you know, good and healthy to go. And, and Hunter was ready, you know, healthy and ready for West coast so that they could swap, you know? Right. So it kind of, it wasn't how we planned it, but nothing's, nothing's ever planned. Every yeah. time you plan something that goes the opposite. Well, the good thing for you guys is you had another rider that could step up and race a one, you know, Hunter was ready to go. So that's, exactly. that's cool. So was Jed a little bum? I mean, of course he was bummed, but was he just like devastated, devastated? Or was he like, Hey, I get to race Daytona now or that he's just really focused on a one. Um, yeah, I mean, he, it's tough, right? When, when you're so focused on that date and a one for, you know, three months, and then, you know, the week before you, you know, you, you can't race it. Yeah. <laughs> you have to set your goal again for, you know, six weeks later or whatever. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's tough as an athlete, I can imagine. But I mean, he was bummed, definitely bummed, you know, the day we made the call. And then, um, but I brought, I brought up that point. I was like, dude, you've always been saying you want to race Daytona. Now you get to. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's right. All right. Cool. And like, just slowly attitudes started changing and just, just you know, it, it didn't take long for him to, for him to settle in and be okay with it. You know, totally. it, it was, it's, it was for the better, you know, there's no point in starting a series, especially when you have the option to change coasts if possible, Yeah, you know, to, to enter one, hopefully at hundred percent instead of trying to, trying to race it at 65, 70%, you know, yeah, then you'd have that regret, right? Like if you race at 65, 70, you're, exactly. like, you're like, oh, I'll be good by round two or three, four, and then round four comes around, you're like, I'm still feeling like shit. And then you got all these keyboard warriors. They're like, what's wrong with Jet? And it's, you know what I mean? It's it's better just to kind of cut your losses exactly. and just focus. It can, it can do more damage than good. You got to set your pride yeah. aside, set everything aside, look out for solely the better interest of of your well-being. You know, at the end of the day, oh. I mean, you know, you're 18 years old, you have to look out for your next 10 years. Like, is this decision going to make my next 10 years better or is it going to make it worse? So there's always that kind of outlook you have to have on it. It's not just right now. It's, you know, it's the future. Yeah. So each decision now impacts your next couple of years. So, yep. No, I, it was, I as know. of right now, I think that was, the, that was definitely the, the right call we, you know, he made. Yeah, and both guys are doing great. You know, Hunter's having his success, and Jet's having his success, and it's uh, it's and honestly, the break came at a perfect time for Hunter too. You know, with his little his little get off. You know, and now he's got a break to get ready, so um, it's kind of working out good for you guys. How everything kind of it's actually there's light again. We keep repeating ourselves, but there's light at the end of the tunnel. So that's exciting. There always is if you keep your head up. Yeah, for sure. Just stay optimistic, right? Yep. Um, I gotta do it. Yeah, for sure. So we had our first triple crown of the year um, a couple of rounds ago. Unfortunately, there was an incident between him and Austin. I don't really want to talk much about that, but I do want to talk about as a mechanic how how do you like the format of the triple crowns? Is it stressful? Is it since you have two bikes now? Is it not as bad? But for you, is it? What's your I guess outlook on on the triple crown? Get rid of them. Okay. <laughs> No, I, that, that, I, you know, there's, yeah, there's a lot I, of people that are kind of on the fence about it. And it's one of those things to where if we didn't, you know, you can I mean, always like, say what if, right? But if we didn't have the triple yeah, crown, you can always say what if. we probably would still have a Forkner. So it is what it is. Yeah. Like if, 
like I said, it is what it is. I mean, like some people have different outlooks on it, but for me personally, I, we could do without them. Maybe the fans like them a little more because, you know, if you're there watching, it's a little more excitement. Yeah. You know, and this and that, which I understand that side of it and and the, the promoter side of it. But, I mean, for us, yeah, it's, it's hectic, man. Like, like the, the whole day schedule is pretty laid back, and then you wait for a long time, and then it's just wide open for the next hour and a half. Right. You know, like the finish off the day, wide open. Yeah. That's... Also the walls. Track, back to the truck, track, back to the truck, track, oh, back to the truck. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I, I... <laughs> there's a vote. <laughs> yeah, it's just, you're not, you're not a fan pretty much is what you'd say. Like, you, you love the sport, but if, if Triple Crowns were to leave tomorrow, you wouldn't be upset about it. If Triple Crowns were a product, I would not buy them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you return that shit. Yeah, I'm returning the ship. Keep never seat. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and you know, unfortunately, you know, everything happens, and it is what it is. And the the thing about Austin, but Jet, the thing I think a lot of people either love or hate Jet is that if he's good, he admits it. If he's bad, he admits it. And he even said like that's not his style. And if you go watch the footage slowly, like yes, he cross jump, but he hit the tough block. He got he got hit a crack in the whoops, like. He wasn't overriding. He wasn't riding over his head. It was just a shitty circumstance and unfortunately resulted in a bad thing for Forkner. But the dude wasn't riding over his head. And I think that's the thing that kind of bums me out the most is people are saying that he was out of control. And it's just the track was starting to break yeah. down. And unfortunately, he just had no, I, I, a bad I think that's the same thing. Yeah. That's the same thing I, I take from it. You know, everyone's just out of control, out of control. I mean, anyone can say something on a keyboard that doesn't know the kid and doesn't. You know, work with him, you know, on on a person to person basis, and know what he's like, and know his writing, and it's like, no, it wasn't out of control. Like it was, he was going for it, full, yeah, fully going for it. You know, but at the end of the day, I mean, the fortunate things happen. He had a tough block, and you know, obviously, the amount of guilt he feels from it, you know, that was definitely can show it's not intentional. He'd yeah. never intentionally do that. I mean, no one wants to intentionally collide with anyone right. midair, you know, it's just, it was just, it's racing, you know, that's all you can really say is it's racing. He was, he was going for it. It was, it was two kids going for it, you know? Right. Yep. And it I, I think it's, yeah, Jet's never going to want to take himself out and, and do that. It's just, it was just a shitty deal. So, but again, like I said, I, I really respect that he kind of was like, man, like that was a shitty circumstance, and I hate it for him, and I I don't race like that, so um, yeah, that, I can definitely respect that. So we're going into round three, round four. What are we going into here? Round four. Uh, round four. Yeah, yeah, round four. How are we feeling? How how's the vibes over there at uh in the Lawrence in the Lawrence camp? Oh, vibes are good, man. Vibes are good. We're just off a of Daytona win. You know, the reason I asked about the vibes is because, you know, we're getting a little bit of hate for the burnout. The a lot of, you know, people will be hating on the burnout. I, you know, I thought he gave his best effort. Yeah, I mean, the, the burnout could have been better. <laughs> yeah. Did you give him shit? Did better. you give him shit? I was looking at it. I was like, I was like, man, I probably should have just done it. <laughs> I should have just done it. That's awesome. Uh, that's incredible. But no, it was. I mean, I think it's one of those things, right? He gets so happy and excited at that time. He kind of just tries, tries shit and sometimes it doesn't really work out. Where, yeah. You know, he, he, the first thing he said is, I tried doing a burnout and it was so slanted. 
I couldn't really do it that well. Yeah, it but. is. Like, people don't realize, like, some of that track is very off, off-angled. off Like, it's very... Oh, yeah. It's gnarly. Like, it, it's hard it to walk is. up those banks. Granted, the track's not on the banks, but even right there where the track is, it's very, like, it's got to... You got to dig your toes in to walk up that bitch. Oh, yeah. And when you have dozen fans reaching over, slapping your handlebars doesn't help either. Right. Right, and you got the TV crew <laughs> yelling at you, like, "Hey, we're live! Get your ass to the podium." That's the other thing too. Where's yeah. Jeff? We need him over here. He's celebrating. Leave him alone. Right? Yeah, they're <laughs> they're like, "Dude, we got we got to go, we got to go," and he's trying to have some, have some fun. He's he's eighteen years old and just one Daytona. Like, give him give him a couple minutes. Yeah, he just just one Daytona. His, his dream supercross race. Like, <laughs> give him a couple minutes, please. I know. I kind of wish like it'd be cool. Like if if they gave him a little bit more time. Not I get it. They got to get to the four fifties. But it would have been cool if him and Tomac could have went into the crowd after everything was over, and they sh- would have showed them like doing a, you know, having some fun and doing a burnout. Like, oh yeah, a, for sure. That's a prestigious race. Like, let those guys have some fun and like show it. Like, I don't know. I get it though. They got they are on a schedule, so. Look like a cool nose and nose burnout right, right on the finish line. Yeah, like let, like that's what people want to see. So, we uh, we're going to Detroit. That stadium is going to be a little different. Have you guys have you been to that stadium before? Uh, no, I haven't. Okay, I was gonna say I didn't know if that was a new one for you guys or not. So yeah, I haven't been up there. Okay, yeah, I don't. I've never been there, but I know it can get cold, just like Minneapolis. Does that affect you guys at all when it's when it's in there? I heard there was some some carbon monoxide over there at Minneapolis. Um, so is that kind of one of those <laughs> things where you guys kind of look at that stuff and try to figure out ways around that, or what's that like? Um. Yeah, I mean, each each race, right, it's kind of, like, Supercross is much different outdoors than your setup, right, because there's many different setups we can do in Supercross. Okay. You know, like, Minneapolis, you set up down in the tunnel. Yeah. Where some, some Supercrosses you set up in the truck. And then some Supercrosses, obviously, you do the full pit setup. Then yeah. you got Daytona, you set up in the garages, you know, and it's just, there's so many different setups to where it's like, you know, the Detroit, we're going to be in the truck. So the carbon monoxide and all that stuff shouldn't shouldn't really play a factor. But okay. like when we're cooped up like that all day, man, it makes the day feel so much longer. Oh, does it? Okay. Especially like Minneapolis because you know we're down in the tunnel for you know five hours at a time and you don't even go see sunlight. Right. <laughs> you're just like wow. Then you walk outside and you're like, oh, it's still really bright out. Yeah. You're like squinting. You're like, I just like you just like yeah. you just came out of a a cave. It's cold and it's bright. Right. <laughs> I, I still can't believe that they race there at that time of year. Like, I get it. There's only so many dates that are available. But I heard, like, one year it was so cold outside you couldn't even open the doors to the semi. Like, it was just nuts. Yeah, but at least it was dry. Yeah. It wasn't snowing. It wasn't a blizzard. You know, that's that's the bad thing about up there is it can – you can hit it on a bad year and you have a miserable weekend there. But yeah. Luckily, it was just cold and dry, but it's just so hard on on the trucks and everything. You know, you go there, people don't drain out their pressure washer lines good enough for their water lines in their trailer, and now all of a sudden they got cracked pressure washers going into Dallas, or they got this and that, and they got to try to get things fixed on the road. Like, it's just so tough on all the equipment. Yeah. That, like, you know, a lot of the average people don't understand. They think it's just, you know, you guys bring bikes up, you set up, you race, and you go home but there's so much prep that the drivers and everyone have to do to go there. And then also when they leave there, you know, there's just, it's just, 
it's a tough weekend for everyone yeah. in, involved. Definitely. Yeah, I remember. I think it was last year Yamaha with the residency. They did like a well, they rented like one of those like tents, um, like circus tents, and they just set everything up in that. I was like, that's kind of a good idea. Yeah, we we did that at Indy. Yeah, yeah, Indy. That's what it was. Yep, yep, sure. yeah. I was yeah, like, yeah. It was. Cool. It was actually pretty nice because you showed up. People came to set everything up. You just wheel all their stuff in, and yeah. then end of the night, pull your stuff back in the truck, and the truck's lift. I was glad they left after the third round, and then we didn't have to take down the tent. It was great. Yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> You're like, we well, can't we do this in every round? <laughs> we used all of the propane Indy had. Oh, I bet. <laughs> it would be so much propane in that week because it wasn't just like you're there for two days, you know, you're there for, you know, days. 12 days or whatever. Yeah, whatever it was, yeah. 10 days. Like, it was, yeah, it was a long time. That's crazy. But it was, it was cool, though, because, like, at least we weren't stuck in the truck for, you know, that whole time, you know. We, we had a room, we had our space to, you know, to do things. Yeah. As a, as a mechanic, I could see the residencies being tough, but as a fan, I'm not going to lie. I kind of miss the Tuesday, Tuesday races. Really? Yeah. I, I don't know. It just, it helped, like it was something to look forward to during the week. Like it was just cool. Oh, uh, I got you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, you know, like coming home on a Tuesday and you're like, dude, we got super, like tomorrow, like we'd have a super cross tomorrow. Like that'd be, that's pretty cool. Um, I guess that's true. I never really thought about that from yeah. a fan point of view. Yeah, as a, as a, like, as, a like, as a as an employee, I'd probably hate it. But as a fan, it was. Just, I mean, it was like I don't know, right? It was. Yeah. It had like mixed feelings for it. Like, obviously, you're gone for a while. Like that that sucks or whatever. But like, you know, the races are so close to where if you had a bad one, the next one's two days away. Yeah. You know. So it's like, okay, you know, we, we got redemption here soon on the same. Same dirt, maybe a slightly different layout, but like, you know, you had quick redemption. So like, it was, it was kind of interesting. Like, it had definitely had pros and cons. It wasn't, it wasn't like, yes, we need to do this, and it wasn't like, no, they suck. Like, I'll take right. a three day residency over a triple crown any day. <laughs> that was gonna be my next question. <laughs> that, I, I kind of figured that's what you're gonna say. <laughs> Not a chance. Yeah, just do a, like just them. do a residency <laughs> instead of a triple crown. I, that'd be more exciting for the fans too, probably. Anyways. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was definitely different. But I'm glad we were still able to do racing. Still, yeah. still able to get all the races in. Still able to, you know, have a whole season. You know, if, if that meant we were there for three races in a row, then is what it is. At least we got them all in. You know. Yeah, and again, I think the thing I the triple crown. What's cool about the triple crown? The the probably the, the only cool thing I wanted the at least from a fan standpoint, is you get to see the superstars of the sport a lot more in one night. And I think that's kind of why yeah. Feld also did it too, is just how do we get these guys on the track more? And I had this conversation, I think, with Brent with Brent Duff, and we I asked him, I'm like, hey, like, what do you think the sport could do different? And he talked about Super Bowl over in Europe. And I'm like, yeah, like if there's a way we could try to figure out to get these guys like Jet and Hunter and Tomac and Anderson and Cooper, all these guys on the track a little bit more, It'd be it would be you know cool, but I get it. You know they got to have a certain format, but it would be neat to figure out a way to get these guys on the track more. And I think that's why, from a fan standpoint, the triple crown is kind of neat because you get to see your favorite guys, you know, three times on two fifties and three times on four fifties. Yeah, for sure. So, like uh, yeah, as a fan, so you know they they love to see their favorite riders on the track the most. But yeah, I mean they also got to realize a little bit of it that like the four fifty guys when they do seventeen rounds. You know, with like one weekend off in the whole series, like, man, do they want the least track time? <laughs> you know, they want to just do, yeah. do what they can do, you know, 
qualify. They don't they don't need to go balls to the walls the whole time. Do a few fast laps. Okay, heat main. We're done. Okay, on to the next. Yeah, you know it's just such a long season that you know the. That's why I think like imagine if we had all triple crowns for a whole season, like oh, we'd I, see so dude. many guys not finished. Yeah, it would be like, horrible. You just, you'd lose. You lose. Well, so that, many guys. even if you yeah. did, well, even if not just from injury, but dudes would be so burnt out. Yeah, they'd be retiring like, at twenty five. <laughs> yeah, twenty seven. Like, they'd be wild. Yeah. So like, I get it. They dabble with them a little bit. Cool, but. I mean, that's definitely not the way we should go. No, definitely not. (laughs) Definitely. The only thing I would like to see, and I know it will probably never happen, but I would like to see a 250 class and a 450 class, not a 250 East and not a 250 West. I feel like. Oh, I I would too. Yeah. I think that would be. I feel like the teams are already going there. The rigs are already going there. Like let all these top guys on the 250 race, just let them race. Like just stop making it a regional championship. Make it a legit championship i mean it's still legit but i'm just, you, you know what i'm saying like if we can do it in outdoors we should be able to do it in supercross too yeah i think the only reason like with that that's kind of hard which i mean i guess it's part of it but you know you don't really let any of the privateers get a chance yeah to like make the mains like i mean obviously some will but like not not as many as they do now yeah which is the which is the hard part with the 250s you know if we did a full, full East West, you know, it would be, you know, if everyone's healthy, I mean, that'd be all twenty guys. Yeah, you know. And I think that's so, what. That, and I hate it. And I, I have a lot of friends that are privateers, but unfortunately, that's kind of what we need, right? It's just you don't see privateer, you don't see privateers in any other sports. Like you don't see a, you know, what I mean, like every other premier sport has the premier guys racing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's just, and I, and I hate that for the privateers because I know a lot of these guys and I'm friends with these guys, but unfortunately, like if we can get the best guys on the track at all times, I think it just makes for better racing and for better views. You know what I mean? Like the 250, oh, it, for sure. it, it would make that 250 title. It, it'd make it gnarly. Right. You know? just, yeah. just like, just like the 450 title. It's gnarly 17 rounds, you know, one weekend off and yeah. just gnarly grinding. You know, yeah. I, I, that would be something I I would like to see too. Yeah, I mean it's it it is an unfortunate thing for the privateers. I keep repeating myself because, like I said, I know these guys, but unfortunately, it's just man, like these guys are getting paid millions of dollars and they're only racing eight rounds of Supercross. It, not millions. Yeah. I shouldn't say not all the top guys are making millions. Like that's exaggerating. But I'm just saying a lot of these guys make good money, and they're only seeing eight rounds of of Supercross. To where I think they should be seeing seventeen, and like you just said, it just make that championship so much more exciting because we saw it already on on the West Coast. You know, Craig Hunter and Mosman; those are like your guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like now what? You gotta, yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, it'd just be cool. And I, like I said, I don't think it'll ever happen, but I think it'd be really neat. So, but for you, racing wise, we're racing. We're getting comfortable. We're winning. And I don't know why we're saying we, but I'm enjoying it. Um, but you guys are winning. You guys are having fun. What's, uh, what's the, what's the vibes like for Jed on the pit board while he's racing? Is he, is he feeling lap times? Is he feeling funny comments? Like what's, what's your go-to for him? Um, depending on the situation really, you know, but usually always like I I got, I got, I got the line in the pit board. So the top one's always lap time, every lap, lap time, just, just, just kind of try to keep your marks going. He knows like a target range he needs to hit. 
So just always, always hit your marks. And then, you know, just, just more so like lately, it's just been more like, you know, just stay calm, you know, hit your mark. Yeah. You know what you're going to do. He's in the lead. I just give him the split difference between him and the other guy, you know, plus whatever, minus whatever, like just, you know, just, just let him know where he's at on the track compared to other people. Okay. Just, you know, he, he just picks away the, the least amount of information you kind of give him the better, like, you know, yeah. just, he, he knows what he's got to focus on. Okay. He knows he's got to do this. He knows he has to do that. Just try to give him the basic information. Here's what you're doing. Here's what you got to do. All that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. But nothing really too wild. Okay. And what's the vibes like at the truck? Are we are we the brothers wrestling? You and you and Cam playing uh, uh, tic tac toe three in a row. Like what? What do you guys? Are you guys all having fun? Vibes are good, I imagine. Like everybody's just kind of talking shit to each other. Always shit talking. <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. If we're not if we're not shit talking, then we got something bad going on. Okay. We're always shit talking. Is most of the <laughs> is most of the shit talking pointed toward Myrtle? I feel like Myrtle gets picked on a lot. <laughs> oh no, Myrtle starts the shit talking with everyone. That's awesome. Yeah, it's always. I need it's to, always I, all I, of us. Yeah, I don't know him, but I just feel like he'd be fun to talk to. Like he just seems like a good dude. Like, he he just seems like he's he's funny. Mertz is the man. Yeah, he. <laughs> it just seems like he's always like kind of stirring the pot, like getting people riled up. I, he's always working in deals, stirring people up. Yeah, and then you got Hayes over there too. <laughs> Jacob's, you know, Jacob's starting his transition from pro racing into the agent life, and it just the whole team over there seems like you guys have a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean that's that's a part of it, right? I mean, I we all do it because we love it, and it's even more enjoyable when you know you're around, around a group of people that you just you just have a good time with, you know? Yeah, yeah, it keeps it keeps it light. You know what I mean? Like when everybody's just kind of. Just there and realizing, hey, we're we're racing our dirt bikes. Yeah, it's serious, but at the same time, like let's just let's go have fun. Let's enjoy it. Let's take. We're not going to do this forever. So yeah, you got to enjoy every race, every day. You know, just yeah, take from it and have some fun. Joke around, loosen up a little bit, man. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's all it's all just something that we enjoy and love and have dedicated our lives to and to be super serious about it just would wear you out. I feel like it just kind of drain you and, and make it to where you don't even want to do it anymore. Yeah, definitely. So we're, uh, we're going into, I would say probably one of the craziest outdoor seasons. You know what I mean? As far as Craig's leaving four Craig's going to four fifty. You guys are, you Hunter, the bikes are really good. Um, I hope Martin, I hope Jeremy Martin's healthy. But there's a lot of star bikes. Cowie's going to have a lot of riders. Do you guys ever get nervous about that kind of stuff when there's so many other teams with so many guys? Or do you kind of just focus on yourself? Nah, we just focus on ourselves, you know. Yeah. Just just do all the work we can do, you know, to help give our riders the best motorcycle that we can give them. And so they have a good, a good weapon to go to line with. And, yeah. you know, and then they can show the world what they've been working on, you know, their training and their riding and how everything they've been putting together, you know, just put it on display and try to try to get the results they need and they want, you know. 
like it's it's one of those things where if you, if you worry about what everyone else is doing, then like you're not doing enough. You know, yeah. If you're constantly sitting there thinking, "Oh man, I wonder what so and so is doing. I wonder, if, wonder how fast they're going." Like, man, you, you're 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 already lost at that point. <laughs> that makes sense. So you, yeah, that's the biggest thing is just like you know, like the boys, both Hunter and Jet, they just stick to what stick to what they do. And they don't they don't care what everyone else is doing. Okay, that that makes it easier for you guys, I would imagine. Well, it makes it so much easier because you don't have like the gossip girls. Oh, I wonder what so and so is doing, or I wonder what this person's yeah. doing. Or, oh man, like this person looks fast on Instagram. Like, cool, man. I can look fast on Instagram too. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, you all, a lot of times too, when you have so many writers, it's like, what's he doing or what's they doing? Like, why is he doing that? You know what I mean? But to where it's like, you guys have two writers. Luckily, they're they're brothers, so now they can feed off each other, help each other, and you don't have to worry about. This guy worrying about that guy or that guy worrying about this guy or whatever it may be. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. well, so. I, I think that's the, the biggest advantage like we have as a team yeah. is like we have two dudes that are, you know, just savages on motorcycles. And we have them that train together and they feed off each other and they push each other every day. Right. You know, to where it's not like, you know, Jeff's out there riding by himself all the time. And, you know, Hunter's not out there riding by himself, especially outdoors. You know, they're doing motos together every day. Every day they ride, they do motos together. So it's like they always push each other. So even if, you know, it, it, like their their training level is just always elevating. Okay. Which is which is what you want, you know? Yeah. Yeah, they're always pushing. And then you got Darren over there telling them they're both sissies and they need to get their shit together. He's a glue that holds them together. Yeah. <laughs> that, the whole vibe of it is really cool. It's uh, it's exciting. And I've said this on the show before. You know, Myrtle's kind of getting these guys on a different path. You know, they kind of did their own press conference. Um, they've kind of done the, the donut. Jet's been selling the donuts at the outdoor races. And I think he's kind of laying that path to what this, the sport should be as far as letting these riders sell their merch. Let their, these riders be themselves on 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 and off the track and kind of set a new stage of how do we promote not only the riders but also the sport to make it bigger for everybody um so i think that's kind of cool how that's all evolved into what it is yeah it's definitely pretty cool to see how all that is escalated to a level that um like no one's really seen before you know yeah it's 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 cool you know some people are like you know, they'll, they'll dog it and just say like, well, yeah, whatever, you know, they're trying too hard, but it's like, well, no, like every rider is their own business, you know, that they got to try to market their business in a way to, you know, to get their name out there more. Yeah. You're a brand, you know? right? And, and it's, it's, yeah, it's, a brand. It's, it's your brand you're selling, you know? And that's, yeah. I think that's the biggest thing is, you know, getting the fans involved, you know, give the fans something to root for and, like, yeah. you know, something to look forward to at the race or, you know, something to look forward to, you know, every time they see them, you know, they just, it's always something different. They're, they're trying to interact with the fans so much more than people have in the past, which, you know, the, the, this sport relies on fans. Like yep. you can't push them away. You gotta, you gotta do what you can for them, you know? Yep. Yeah. It's all about engagement. You know, if you're not getting engagement, you're not doing your job properly. It's, uh, you yeah, gotta, you gotta sure. be able to provide value and, and I think that's what Myrtle's doing with these with Hunter and Jet is he he's providing value to whoever's involved. And that's what that's how you become a brand is 
you want to be valuable. And I think that's what's really cool of the approach that he's doing is it's he's showing people their return on their investment. And uh, that's that's what it's all about. Right. Is how can we make money to where everybody gets gets paid? So it's it's oh, good. Yeah. It's good. Yeah, so. sure. Um, so we got a really cool segment. I don't know if you follow flat track or not, but we have a really cool segment called beach. Say what? Um, we get JD beach. He, uh, he does American flat track series. He's getting ready to have his first race this week aboard the factory Yamaha. Um, so anybody that doesn't know much about flat track or doesn't listen to the show, or this is your first time listening to the show, please go check out JD beach at JD beach 95. He's, um, been doing flat track for a really long time. He's done moto America, won the super sport championship a couple times for factory Yamaha and now has transitioned to flat track full time. So he will be in Florida this week for over at Volusia doing the first round of the AFT. So please go check that out. If you're still down in Daytona for bike week, have you ever watched any flat tracking before? Uh, only a little bit. Okay. Not like, yeah, I haven't really been doing a whole lot. I don't really watch much TV. Yeah. Honestly. Hey, you guys are wide open but, most of the time. Dude, I, so. I have a hard enough time following our sport. <laughs> I don't blame you. It's, you get home, you're like, I don't, really it, wanna, I don't even want to think about dirt bikes. Turn all that shit but off. I tell you what, it is pretty It is pretty sick. They just put some things sideways. Well, yeah. you know. 100 miles like an hour. Second, third gear wide. Yeah, yeah. Just whatever fast they're going. Yeah, it's nuts. It's, it is pretty sick. Um, So he was wondering if uh, if Jet and Hunter, do, you know, who would win in a fight? Like, who who's... Who's who's the who's the top dog over there? Who's 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 the Ooh. man in a fight? Or yeah. maybe not even a fight. Just just overall, like if you had to take one to battle with you, like which one you taking? If I had to battle with me, so so and, and uh, are we going one on one with those two together, or are we going like I got to pick one to to go in a bar fight? I'm gonna go if you had to go with them. I'm gonna have you answer the question that Jet versus Hunter, and then I'm gonna ask you for my for me if you had to take one. Like to battle, like you're going. If you had to make one fall call, and you're like, who are you calling? You calling Jet or you calling Hunter? That's why if you pick Hunter, you're gonna have a shitty I'm day sorry. tomorrow. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jet, but I know Hunter's got the boxing in him. Oh, does and, he? Okay. Uh, I, I'm calling Hunter too. Yo, dude, we need we need to get in a bar fight right now. All right, <laughs> Jet's your guy on the track, but off the track, you're going Hunter. Hey. <laughs> That's hey. awesome. That's my guy, but you know you, you got to pick older bro in the fight. Yeah, he's he's got more experience. He's been scrapping he's since he's a young guy. I love that. Um, <laughs> so for you, SX or MX? Um, well, I'll answer this in two ways. SX because it makes my job usually a little easier on build days. Okay, but like motocross all day. Just, just core, gnarlier. Just core. Like, like they both have definitely big gnarly points about them, right? Yeah. Like supercross, you know, you got to be so control of your breathing and your technique and your precision, you know, and that that's that's its own animal in itself. But motocross is just grit. You know, you got to be gnarly. You got to be fit. You know, you deal with all the elements. You know, extreme heat, rain, cold. You know, everything getting pelted with fucking marbles and rocks and everything. Right. But yeah, I, 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 yeah, I, I think for my job side, supercross is a little easier on the motorcycle and this and that, but for, um, racing wise, I think outdoors. All right. What do you, what do you think jet would say? MX or SX? 
I don't know. That one's a tough one. Okay. He enjoys them he, both. Uh, he likes them both. Okay. You know, they both have their challenges. He yeah. likes them both. Nice. That keeps it fun. You know what I mean? There's not. Yeah. So. I mean, it's it, it's kind of hard for him to hate motocross right now after he got a, a title, you know? Yeah. And he's still young. <laughs> you know what I mean? You asked him that question he's at 27 young. years old. SX or MX, you might be like, oh, yeah. ah, I'm going to go SX. Oh, I might go MX. He'll say, yeah, I'm, I'm over motocross. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, what do you? Th- what would you say Jet's favorite thing to do is on the bike and off the bike? So on the bike, would it be whips? Would it be whoops, rhythm sections? And then off the bike, you know, is it golf or driving his his new cars that he gets from J-Star? Or, well, um, he, he likes, he definitely likes hitting whoops. Okay. But. Like like goofing around, hitting side jumps and nose wheelies. Gotcha. Okay. All the nose wheelies. So when he comes four fifty and does opening ceremonies, we're gonna see a Kevin Windham nose wheelie. He'll try. He'll try. <laughs> <laughs> he might he might do what Stu did back in the day and go over the bars. Dude, it's it's hard to top the K dub nose wheelie. He was good at it. Dude, that guy could write but a whole old, start old, on a nose wheelie. Oh yeah. But old old Justin's been practicing quite a bit. So that's awesome. We'll, we'll, we'll see what he's got. I love that. And then off the bike, what uh, do you think? What do you think off the bike? Golf, probably. Golf, golf, cars, and shoes. Yeah, dude, <laughs> dude him and Hunter's <laughs> shoe game is strong. Yeah, they got the shoe game on point. They're probably they probably are still trying to convince Myrtle if James Stewart can get a Nike deal, why can't I get a Nike deal? Come on, man, push it through. Yeah, get it done. <laughs> Sign the deal, baby. Nike's Nike boots are coming back on the Lawrence brothers. Have yeah, you, I, don't know if I, I don't know if I hold your breath on that one. No, definitely not. Um, <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, have you have you ever heard the Dungey talk about those? I guess he got like a new pair, like every every time he wrote. Yeah, then they, they were like tennis shoes. Yeah, like they would just be done. Like they're like work stuff. They're like tear off. Yeah, for your feet. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, he says. Does Jet have a favorite favorite place? Supercross, motocross, does he have a favorite? Uh, favorite place? Uh, I think Supercross so far definitely been Daytona. Yeah. I um, mean, like, definitely, definitely was always looking forward to racing there and win there. It's probably definitely even, even bigger. Then motocross, uh, he likes Ironman. Because it's a, just a just a sheer like it's just a gnarly track, you know, big jumps, high speed, big bumps. Yeah, um, yeah, he definitely likes likes Iron Man as well. Iron Man's pretty cool. That's that's a neat spot. Um, and the he last... doesn't like Paula, but Paula's done him well. Yeah, Paula's <laughs> a weird one, dude. A lot of like we got to go to Paula. I've been to a mechanic at Paula a couple times, and I and just sketchy because mm-hmm. like the last moto's right there at sunset, and you're like Mach five. It's just nuts. Um, I haven't been in a long time, but I know like the last two times we went, that second moto four fifties, dude. It's that sun is starting to set, and it's pretty sketchy. Oh yeah, for sure. So, um, his last one for you is what's this one say? Boom, boom, boom. Uh, I just lost my train of thought. Uh, he usually sends these to me, and I kind of try to me- memorize them. Uh, oh crap, I'm sucking right now. Okay, I'll have to come back to that. <laughs> um, So do you feel going into 21 and 22, 
do you feel like you guys were kind of in the same, not ballpark, but or were you guys pretty close in being ready, or is 22 just that much more, you know what I mean? Because he looked, he looked good in 21. You know, he got third in Supercross. He got mm-hmm. the title in outdoors. But going to 22, does he feel like he's on another level, or does he feel like he's he's kind of found that comfort, comfortability where, you know, or is he still trying to find that next that next level? I think it's a mix of he's definitely more comfortable. I think it's a mix of a few things like just you know taking things you learned from last year, you know about the racecraft and you know the patience and all that kind of stuff, and applying it to this year, yeah. and then just just getting older and more experienced. You know, yeah. It's yeah. Just, I think there's quite a few factors that have to do with being being ready and more ready. Okay. But yeah, I think it's definitely a couple of them. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and then, what about for you, uh, California or Florida? Florida, really? Yeah, yeah. I, I way cooler in Florida. Yeah, I, I feel like KTM's slowly moving out there with Bakers. Yamaha's already made the move. Honda's next, dude. Honda's next. Yeah, and then I'm an East Coast. I'm an East Coast boy, man. Yeah, I don't. I, I, don't, I don't belong in California. Yeah. If it wasn't for if it wasn't for my job, I never would have moved there. Yeah, but damn dirt bikes. Well, and it's just like you kind of have the sh- the shit instead of the stick too. Like Honda's, let's be real, the one of the best, and the, there's so much history in that building. But it's one of the shittiest drives too. <laughs> like to go to fucking uh, Corona or Paris or wherever to test, and then to drive all the way back to Torrance. Like it sucks. It's a shit. It sucks. Yeah, I think me and Cam have solved the world's problems on the 91 freeway. <laughs> you guys have probably put more miles on the 91 freeway in, in 90 days than probably most of uh, inland, the Inland Empire. Man, it's, yeah, hey, we hit all the freeways. Like, we hit all the freeway junctions that is in Southern California. <laughs> the 15, the 10, <laughs> the 57, all of them. Dude, Five. all of them. I love that. I love that, but yeah, and it's it, it's a mission that's for sure. Jay Jay Dungey's just on top of the hill waving at you guys. Good luck, boys. Have fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I yeah, love I mean that. The, the drive the drive definitely gets some people. You know, yeah. I mean, it, it's tough when you got a family and you know you, you still have to do your hours at at work, but you still have your hours on the road. You know, and it just cuts into your cuts into your personal time yeah. a little bit. But no, I get. That. I mean, it's uh, I, I'm I'm young. I y'all still got years need, left in me. Y'all just need to live, move in with Tommy. Like, just let Tommy, like, he's still right there in Torrance. Just move in with him. Tommy and his roommate? Yeah. <laughs> Why, do you have a bunch of roommates? No, it's his parents. His roommates. What are, the, what are those? You say zoomates? <laughs> What'd you say? No. We always joke with him because he, uh, he's, he's at his parents' house. Oh, so like, hey, oh, oh. I didn't know. See, I didn't know he was at his parents' house. I didn't know he was at his parents' house. We're like Tommy, and then as a roommate. Nice. Screw you guys. <laughs> but I mean, it's only. I mean, the houses are expensive to live in Torrance and stuff. Oh man, yeah, so they're gnarly. Only way to really do it, you know. Yeah. What what movie is that off? Of? That's off of movies. Like I, I gotta get home. My roommates are waiting for me. That's off a of movie. I can't remember what movie that. <laughs> it probably is. I don't remember. Yeah, it is. It's it is. It's a movie, and the homie's got a a car bed. It's got that dude from Reno Nine One One in it, and I can't remember the movie. Shit. That <laughs> He's like my roommate uh, just got me this. It's like this badass like car bed. It's pretty. 
<laughs> pretty funny. <laughs> I'll have to find it and send it to you and Cam. All, All right, right one, I'll be looking for it. One last question. Tommy, Cameron, Jet. They're all in a, they're all in a burning building. Who are you saving? Oh, dude, you can't do that to me. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm putting all of them on my back and I'm walking out. No, I'm just kidding. I know that one's tough for you. But Tommy or Tommy and Cam, who and you, who's 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 taking the dub in, in either a dirt bike race or like a, a boxing match? Who's the, who's the top mm. dog at Honda? I mean, you want the a title. Title. You have a title under your belt, so those two guys got something. But Tommy gets to work with Trey Kennard. Like that's pretty sick. I mean, Trey's a legend. Yeah, Trey's but, pretty badass. See, if, if we have a dirt bike race, Tommy's going to smoke us because he rides all the time. Yeah. Well, see, and Cam used yep. to ride, but then he he does a lap and he gets tired, and then he, he dabs his, his knee. knee. Yeah, he dabs his knee and blows his knee out. So he's out. He's like see, he's like a forty year old man. You see, it would go Tommy, me, Cam because Tommy. Would win. Yep. I would kick Cam in the knee so he'd DNF so I get second. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, dude, Detroit, round four. Go have some fun. Best of luck to you. I cannot thank you enough for have, taking the time to do this. I know you're in Florida. You guys got a long week ahead of you. Um, but thank you, thank you. Huge shout out to Cam for, for putting us in a group chat and making it weird. I appreciate that, Cam. <laughs> love you, dog. Um, but man, I, I can't, like I said, thank you. I really appreciate you yeah, taking the time. No worries. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, and of course. Talking about whatever. Yeah. Whatever things dirt bike related. And speaking of dirt bike related, anything that you can give advice on, you know, maybe if it's becoming a mechanic or maybe if it's a, you know, being a rider or, or whatever, like anything you kind of want to say in the closing, closing minutes. I mean, it's tough, you know, if, if you want to be in the industry at all, you know, you kind of got to really set your priorities, you know, you, you know, you gotta, you gotta be willing to travel. You gotta be willing to kind of do whatever it takes. You know, if you're a staff member, you gotta be, you can't be selfish. You know, you work, we, we work a selfless job. You know, we, yeah. we, we do our whole job for in hopes the athlete can achieve their goal. So, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta be willing to do whatever you can to, to satisfy that athlete and to help them achieve the goal that they've trained for and set out for, you know? Totally. Yep. Yeah. It's, uh, these guys have dedicated their whole life and they're looking to you to help them reach their goals. You know, they've, they've got goals and they want to get there, but you know, it's one of those things where they say, so this is a one man sport, but without a great mechanic, it's a, it's tough to achieve your goals. So Luckily for you, you and Jet have a really good relationship. You know, same with Cam and, and Hunter. It's uh, it's it's hard to find, but when you do find it, it it makes it all rewarding. When the uh, when the Saturday nights when the lights go off, and or even on you know oh. Saturday days when the when the sun goes down. Oh, it does for sure. So it does. Cool. Well, I hope to uh, get to see you guys. If I come to Indy, I hope to see you guys in Indy, and uh, we'll have some fun. But again, man, thank you for the time. Thank you. Yeah, no worries. Thank you for having me. Of course. Huge shout out to our sponsors, Spot Network TV. Please, guys, go check out all the podcasts on that. You can get today's episode 37 on the app. You can also get it on uh, Spotify and all that stuff. But please go to the app. It just makes it easier for us to track and, and get engagement from you guys. And again, if you have any feedback or anything, please hit us up at Moto Spot Show. You can also hit up Christian on Instagram. What's your Instagram? Christian736? Uh, yep. Yep. So go check out Christian on his Instagram. And then also a huge shout out to Scott Sports USA. 
Bell Ray, Atribis USA, and Works Connection. Those pro launches have been working for you guys. Working. Hey, they work. Whole shot. Yeah, they're sick, huh? And Make those, life easy. Those engage those engraved freaking one eight master cylinder covers too. Dope. Oh, uh, final touches. Yeah, just little details that we all take for granted. That's for sure. Love it. Sweet. Well, that's a wrap. Episode 37. Thank you, guys. Thank you to our sponsors. Thank you to Christian. Um, no thank you to Cam. He didn't do shit. So um, thank you. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon, buddy. Thank you. See ya. Thank you. All right, have a good night. See ya.